bad at doing the intros. Um, this is our first in-person episode. I'm here with my sister-in-law, Madison. Hello. Um, and I forgot the actual intro part. Welcome <laughs> to Let's Unpack That. Good thing I like to have a little funny thing in the beginning. <laughs> um, I'm here with my sister-in-law, Madison, and today we're talking about anti-Semitism in Disney villains. Uh, I don't want to start to say, like, it's fine to like Disney, like, that's fine, just, like, be critical about the media we consume and that our children consume, like, that's good, too. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm very warm. Yes. (laughs) I always forget how warm your house is. 30 degrees makes the the house feel like it's 40 degrees. Yeah. We'll live. Before we talk about anti-Semitism in Disney specifically, we gotta just talk about anti-Semitic media tropes in general. This is not a complete list because that's not really possible <laughs> to do. Um, so I'm gonna start with a quote from writer Molly Pascal. Uh, who says, quote, it's often too easy to ter- determine that a TV ca- that a character on TV is Jewish. Does their last name end in Stein or Berg? Do they have a big nose, a big mouth? Are they wealthy, stingy, neurotic, end quote. Um, so that's, like, obviously a big one is, like, Jews and money is a big... Yeah. Um, basically existed since biblical times because Judas betrayed Jesus um, for money. And- I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he got, like, 20 cold coins or something. I don't know. I'm not a Bible scholar, but, yeah, it was for money. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I (laughs) I find, like, Christian anti-Semitism really weird because, like, Jesus was a Jew. And I know it's more complicated than that. Like, it is. (laughs) But I think it's weird. I'm not up with the times. Boy. Yeah. um, Up with the times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um... (laughs) I, ju- I just, I find it very I didn't know odd. that happened. Yeah, and it's, like, more complex than that. Like, there's messianic Jews, which are actually just Christians. Like, they're like, oh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Jew, but I've accepted Jesus. But, like, Jesus doesn't really factor into Jewish theology at all. Uh. Or there's, like, I, I, I hope I don't say this wrong. I think, I think the term is, like, Christian supersessionism, where they're, like, we're completed Jews. It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, I find it very odd. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you if your Messiah is a Jew, then I feel like you should be okay with Jews. Like it just makes sense to me. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so Jewish people are often portrayed as like wealthy and greedy, and this representation like fuels actual real life anti semitism. Like lots of conspiracy theories are actually just anti semitism. Um, yeah. Like well, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was like, ah, the Jewish space laser started the forest fires. Oh my god, that's not true. That's not true. That's a silly thing to say and I find it very concerning that you're an elected official yeah (laughs) she's a congresswoman oh no oh no (laughs) it's not funny it's really fucked up but I just sometimes you have to laugh so you don't cry yeah uh (laughs) oh boy yeah so I got this list of comic anti-semitic media tropes from Zoe Jacoby or Zoe Jacoby I want to say Jacoby Jacoby um on TikTok. She is a Jewish creator that I follow. She's very cool. Um, so the first of these is like Jewish American princess, uh, which is like a middle class, wealthy, spoiled Jewish girl. She's portrayed as like materialistic and selfish, manipulative, 
overindulged by her parents. It's like the sister trope to the valley girl, or uh. overindulged by her parents. Um, yeah, so I feel like we see a lot of valley girls. Um, and, like, Rachel Berry is, like, they actually call her that in the show. Oh, I think, really? I think Puck calls her that because they're both Jewish. Oh, I So that. Puck, when they, like, date briefly in, like, season two or whenever that happens. He calls her, like, his Jewish-American princess. Oh, boy. Um, and then there's the shrew, which I don't have much of an explanation for, but, um, it's, like, a mean Jewish lady. Yeah. Um. I don't think I've heard that term before, actually. Yeah, it's not, like, a super common one outside of, like, the taming of the shrew. Oh. (laughs) Um, this is, like, a mean bitch. Ooh. Um. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's more complex than that, but I don't have, like, the the brain power right now. This one is one that we're going to talk about later, for sure, is the Jewish mother, or the mag, nag, the nag, um, which, like, Jewish mothers are often stereotyped as overbearing, controlling, judgmental, um, the, I was like, ah, oh, the mom from my big fat Greek wedding, but no, that's a Greek mom. That's Greek. It's <laughs> not a Jewish mom, they're not the same, I don't know why. That was what came into my head. See, I don't know why Jewish mothers are actually stereotyped that way because a lot of moms can a be lot that of way. Moms are like that. My mom's like that. My no. mom's like that. <laughs> no, no, my mom's a very nice lady. I'm like that. I'm a mom. <laughs> are you overbearing to your one year old? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I will be. Yeah. <laughs> Further down the line. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's, like, a very normal thing that moms do, and I think it's really weird yeah. that it's, so like, how is mom in the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Um, but how is that, like... I'm like, that is much more broadly generalizable. Yeah, it it can't just be aimed at Jewish moms. It Yeah, I'm like, moms in general they are just, like that. They can be like that. Um, speaking of Howard from Big Bang Theory, the next one I have listed is the misogynistic, sexually aggressive Jewish man. I honestly never liked Howard. Yeah, I'm like, why are you like that? Yeah, he kind of threw off my vibe. Mm -hmm. But... Actually, I'm not a huge fan of that show. No. Um, No. I'm like, lots of, lots of the humor is actually just like misogyny, but it's like, masked by them basically being incels. Yeah. But not quite being incels because they don't hate women. (laughs) Um... But yeah, so, and it's like, I don't know, it's kind of sad, because that show, like, not that it's super diverse, but it's more diverse than, like, a lot of, like, shows out there, just with having a Jewish man and an Indian man, and then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's actually both just stereotypes, um, which is very common, unfortunately. So then, these ones will be fast, fast-paced, um, the greedy Jew, the banker or lawyer, the feminized Jewish man, the Jew for a joke, which is just his entire Jewish identity is for jokes. And the Jew for a minute, which, like, Jewish identity is only mentioned, like, one time. This, I think, is the Gellers and Friends. Because it's mentioned, like, maybe five times throughout the show, but we never see them, like, actually celebrate any Jewish holidays or... Well, and I actually, I noticed in a lot of shows um, where you you see that... How do we word this? You see that they are portrayed as um, a joke. You yeah. you really do. Like there's there's quite a bit. There's like Family Guy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, where else is there? Oh, you said oh. Schmidt from oh, New oh, Girl. Oh yeah, Schmidt from New Girl. Jew for a joke. Yeah, and like like I said, I've seen. I'm not Jewish, so I don't want to say for sure. But I've seen like Jewish people say that that's like tasteful. Not tasteful, but it's not like offensive in the way some yeah. is. But it's still like they still make a lot of jokes about him being Jewish. Um. 
But at least, at least for Schmidt, at least he gets, like, you know, he has, like, his Jewish wedding. Yeah. He's half Jewish, half... Yeah. It's not really making fun of it, but at the same time, there's quite mm-hmm. a bit of humor about it. it. Yeah, and I think that's just, like, done more tastefully than in, like, other shows. I didn't watch Family Guy as well. Well, and, like, Family Guy, for example, they really show that Mort is just that stereotype. I think typical. I can picture him now that you're yeah, saying, now that you're talking about Curly-haired, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he works at, like, a bank, doesn't he? Uh, it's either a bank or a pharmacy, I can't remember, but yeah. either way, they just, like, they show him as greedy and... You know, mm-hmm. that stereotype. Um, so the physical appearance of Jewish characters—they're usually depicted. De- depicted. Oh my goodness, they're usually depicted with dark, curly hair, lar- larger hook noses. Some people believe that Jewish people have horns, but I don't know how commonly this is used in media. Like it could be more common than I realize, because I'm not Jewish. What do you mean by have horns? I mean have. Horns. Like, like, like Maleficent. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. Because, right, lots of these, lots of these, like, tropes and stereotypes and, like, myths basically, like, root, like, date back to, like, the Middle Ages, so a lot of them don't make oh. sense. Um, I mean, I don't think they would have made sense then either, but, like, yeah, lots of this stuff um, is very, very, like, it's one of the oldest prejudices in the world. So, um, lots of stuff makes you go, people can't really believe that, but then you do, they do. Yeah. Like that Zoe Jacoby that I follow on TikTok. I've seen her, like, be accused of, like, blood libel, which I guess we'll talk about blood libel a little more. I won't get into too into that right now. But, like, you hear about blood libel, and it just seems like something that people wouldn't believe in. But it is. Oh, boy. And it's weird. Um, and I guess, right, like, if bigots will believe anything that justifies their bigotry but it's just yeah it really boggles my mind um so finally um the witch archetype um which is very common but tied to anti-semitism witches are often like jew coded which is like queer coding but you know with making a character like appear air quotes or seem jewish without ever saying it is so, like the wicked witch of oz and some Disney movies that we'll discuss, because that is the point of this episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Disney villain design and anti-Semitic propaganda. I don't know why I read my headings. <laughs> like, I just always read them, and I don't know if it's like I'm telling you what's coming next, but you know you have the notes <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> but I do this all the time. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's for myself and editing. Now that I've learned how Maybe. to use intro music. Yeah. Or not, yeah, like interludes. Now that I know how to do them, I just gotta say it so I know where the interlude music goes. Um, so appearance is often used to, like, code characters as Jewish. And, like, I'll talk about coding in other episodes. I want to talk about, like, queer coding in Shakespeare. Um, because, I mean, it might not have been intentional, but also I feel like all the cross-dressing in his plays, I feel like oh, it's a definitely. little bit intentional. Um coding is just giving a it's just giving a characters like the stereotypical or like traditional um attributes or attributes associated with a certain group so then you can like like lots of queer coding again like ursula was like designed she's based on like a a drag queen i think yeah actually um yeah i think that's right yeah it's either a drag queen or a trans woman i can't remember yeah so like right there's obviously some queer coding in um and Ursula's appearance and, like, that kind of thing where, yeah, where characters are given just attributes associated with a group 
and then they can say, oh, this is representation, even if it's not. And, like, sometimes it's used as, like, Joe from Little Women is often an example that's used. Like, uh, Marisa, Louisa May Alcott didn't want her to have a love interest or anything. Really? And the publishers were like, you had to. Um, you have to. Um, and it's just, like, she talks a lot about how she wishes she were a boy and how she... Um, she, she's so, like, great. She's so scared of her sisters leaving, and she doesn't want to be married. And, like, she, like, Louisa May Alcott, like, was not allowed to have Joe be anything but a married woman at the end of the book. Which, I actually, I've not read the book. I've only seen, I've only seen the Greta Gerwig movie. But in the movie, it's, like, very unclear if she's actually married at the end. Um, I don't think I've seen that movie. It's really good. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Little Woman is a good example of like queer coding when you can't actually just have a character be a lesbian. Um, but sometimes queer coding is just, or like again, Jew coding, uh, queer coding is, happens a lot when accidentally or, um, <laughs> or then like they have like kind of this plausible deniability of being like, well, we gave you representation, but then they don't have to worry about like losing money in countries where you're not allowed to talk about that sort of thing and it can't be in movies. Mm. Like you could lose a lot of money out of like Russia for example so yeah it sucks um anyway oh my goodness this was a really long tangent about queer coding yeah um, so yes appearance is used to code characters as jewish like stereotypically jewish people are depicted with dark curly hair and like bigger noses um and and this is just like oh tropes no now we're gonna talk about nazi propaganda for a hot minute yeah when i read that i was like whoa we're like, what a turn <laughs> like, well that took a turn yeah i know i'm just like giving you a, like a just how deep this shit goes um because i think like a lot of people think that this like isn't it's like oh well like what does it matter but like no it matters it does it does matter um so nazi propaganda depicted jewish people as like greedy and money hungry and this is like really stuck in the cultural cultural consciousness consciousness like the way a lot of people they'll like critique critique rich people and then they'll focus on like mark zuckerberg or like the rothschild family yeah and it's just anti-semitism and i'm like look i don't like mark zuckerberg either no but like jeff bezos is also a problem arguably jeff bezos is the biggest problem also, the Bo Burnham song about Jeffrey Bezos is stuck in my head all the time. <laughs> I don't. I wish it wasn't. Um, so, uh, it also presented Jewish people as, like, subhuman or disfigured humans, and I think that's kind of something that comes back. Um, I don't remember why I had that note in there. Like, it definitely tied to something. But we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, basically, any story or character based on European folklore is going to have anti-Semitism because you're has a very long history of anti-Semitism. So that's like Harry Potter comes up a lot where like the goblins are kind of anti-Semitic. Like, yeah, actually. Which is so weird in a story about a not, like she's like, it's a Nazi allegory. Then why is there an anti-Semitic caricature in there? Um, it doesn't add up. But like people will defend that and they'll be like, oh, well, it's English folklore. Well, English folklore is kind of anti-Semitic. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, right, the goblins are have a lot of like stereotypically Jewish features, but then they're also the bankers. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, like, very sus, um, and, yeah, it's, just because it's based off of European folklore doesn't mean that it's actually not anti-Semitic, because European folklore is anti-Semitic, um, oh, look, I have, okay, I have a note about the queer coding, and just how there's a difference between queer coding done by queer people and queer coding done by straight people, like, picture Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, 
love that book. Oscar Wilde went to jail for being not straight. Yeah. Um, and I read The Picture of Dorian Gray. I finished it last summer. And, like, when I was reading the first chapter, I was like, this is the gayest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> like, cause it's just this guy. Dorian Gray's not even in the first chapter. It's this artist. And he's just like, I love this boy so much. I can't share him with anyone. He's so beautiful. He's a perfect specimen. And I'm like, okay, Basil, Basil, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce your name. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're not subtle. Not at all. So, yeah, we're back to coding. Oh my goodness. Um, Disney doesn't state that their villains are Jewish. They just code. And they give their villains features that are stereotypically associated with Jewish people, often the large and hooked nose. And it creates, like, a connection in audiences' minds between, like, traditionally Jewish features and bad people. And, like, many people won't notice it. And if they do, the company has reasonable plausible deniability, right? Like, most people watching, if you aren't aware of anti-Semitic tropes, you're not going to go, like, hey... Why does Mother Gothel look like that? Yeah. Um, like, what is this laying great? Um, I also I think Mother Gothel's a MILF, but, like, that's really beside the point. I'm, like, very <laughs> hot. But, um, yeah, so it's coding. It also might not be done consciously because most stories that white people grow up with are pretty steeped in anti-Semitism. And, like, racism and anti-Semitism are just super ingrained in our culture that, like, non-Jewish people genuinely may not realize what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it's just like a lot of, oh yeah, just like a lot of white people don't notice that most of Disney's characters of color get turned into animals in their movies. I actually noticed that a lot. Actually. Yeah, isn't that so weird? Like Tiana, Kenai. Yeah. And I was so sad when I rewatched Brother Bear because I was like, I feel like this is such like a good represent. Like this is a much better representation of indigenous cultures than like Pocahontas. But he's a bear for most of the movie. Yeah, that actually is pretty good. <laughs> the guy from Soul. I haven't seen Soul, but I know he turns into. <gasps> oh yeah. A soul, I assume. Yeah, he turns into I a little soul. I haven't seen that movie. And... <laughs> yeah. I only watched part of that movie. I have not seen it. I want to see Luca. And just because it seems like a less creepy, uh, well, not less creepy, I keep seeing people compare it to Call Me By Your Name, and I assume it's not because Call Me By Your Name is, like, graphically sexual, and this is a kid's movie, and it's about kids, but I'm like, it's fun, because it's just, like, little queer-coded boys running around Italy, who wouldn't want that? Like, that's what I've gathered, I actually have no idea, I, I, something with sea monsters, I think, I don't know. Thank you watch the trailer but i so that's I wanna, basically you kind of summed it up i want to see luca now because i'm like that is the appeal of call me by your name i have like ethical complaints about call me by your name i'm like why is this a 17 year old and 24 year old that's fucking gross it, yeah um, just because they're both hot and one of them is maybe a cannibal like in Jesus. real life not in oh the my movie God. <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, Army Hammer no. had a weird summer where, like, people that he had been, like, had sexual relationships with were, like, he wanted to be a cannibal. So, oh, rich no. people are fucking weird. Yeah. Like, his, his, it's, and it's not, I shouldn't just reduce it to that because he did some fuck shit, but, like, his, his grandpa is, like, Armand Hammer, who is, like, the founder of Arm and Hammer. <laughs> oh, I know. I That's... <laughs> Money is controlling. Yeah, it's and a very you just when you thing. when you grow up that rich, you're gonna be fucking weird. Like I'm reading the Secret History right now, and I'm like, oh right, rich people are weird. I'm rereading it. I've read it before, but like, the the richest character is like I'm not gonna tell you the plot because I don't know if you if you're gonna read it or not. But like basically, they need they need to commit a murder to solve their problems. And this rich guy who's the smartest one of them goes, ah yes, poison mushrooms. And I'm like, why are you like this? Why are you so out of touch with reality? No, yeah, poison, poison mushrooms aren't gonna work. Like I gotta tell you, 
Oh, boy. I was not going to do it. That's not what they ended up doing, but it's, like, his first plan. <laughs> anyway, Disney isn't the only company that does this. Um, Barbie villains, actually, which I saw, like, a series of videos. I can't remember if it was TikTok or YouTube, and I thought it was about Disney villains, but it wasn't. It was about Barbie villains, and that's what inspired this episode. And I talked about the wrong thing. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, like, many Barbie villains have traditionally Jewish features. Again, like, the goblins from Harry Potter. Um, and the source material for most fairy tale movies is generally anti-Semitic. The Nazis loved Little Red Riding Hood. Um, they used it as propaganda because they were like, the wolf is Jewish. And like, I feel like it didn't have to be. I feel like it's not. Um, but yeah, like, right, because of the time when these things were written, like the Grimm Brothers' most popular story in their time was called The Jew and the Brambles. And the hero of the story makes a Jewish man dance in a bush while he insults him. So, that was their most popular fairy tale in their time. I don't under I don't know what the resolution of that story would be. No, actually, I don't know how that's a fairy tale. Like, <laughs> Cinderella makes sense. I don't know what's anyway. That's not the point. Um, but the just because this is like really ingrained in the culture and in the source material doesn't mean that the people making these movies are not responsible for what they're putting out. Like. You know, we should think critically before we put things out into the world. <laughs> That's my hot take every day. It's like, just think critically about media. <laughs> Sound like a broken record. Okay. Mother Gothel. We're getting into examples. Mother Gothel is our first one because she is the most opposite. She looks exactly like most... Jewish women in media. She looks like Fran from The Nanny or Janice from Friends, who might not be explicitly stated to be Jewish, but she's like she kind seems of Jew that way. Yeah, and she's like I think like Long Island has like a pretty large Jewish pop Jewish population. Yeah, she has like you know the stereotypical traditional appearance, and she's from Long Island, and like yeah, I've heard people talk at more eloquently about Janice, um, but a lot of negative feedback comes back. Yeah. Or Janice. I don't like, you know like, what? Janice is just living her best life. She's yeah. just kind of annoying, aren't we all? Well, I'm kind of annoying. Me too. It's it's in human nature. <laughs> like, I'm also loud and, like, right. kind of nasal sometimes. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why they hate Janice so much. I know. I'm like, this is... And I also think that Janice is a really odd caricature in that show because yeah. everyone else is so, like, much just a real person. And, like, maybe people like Janice exist. Probably they do. But I feel like the odds of this one person who everyone finds annoying having so much repeated. Also, she has men all over her all the time from, like, yeah. why does she keep coming back to this group who are assholes to her? That doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't. Janice just needs to go to therapy and get some self-esteem because, you know, maybe she was just too good for Chandler. Yeah, actually, maybe and a lot of people was. see it the other way. They think Chandler's too good for her. But I think maybe it was Janice that's too good for him. Maybe, yeah. Especially, I think it's so funny when she like broke up with Ross because he was too whiny. Because I'm like, you're absolutely correct, <laughs> oh my Janice. God, yeah. He was so offended. I'm like, no, she's right. She's a hundred percent. Why correct. are you booing her? She's right. I don't know what that's from, but it's a meme. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember. I don't know, but why are you booing her? She's right. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Gothel is also apparently quite a common Jewish name. So, really, just going for the whole, the whole thing here. Yeah. So, we're back to blood libel, because unfortunately, 
the entire Tangled storyline is like kind of just a story of blood libel. So I will explain that real quickly as best I can as a non-Jewish person who has never been accused of blood libel. Um, but it's basically the idea that Jewish people sacrificed Christian children at Passover and used their blood to make unleavened blood bread or that they kidnap and eat Christian children. There's like variations. Yeah, it's weird. Oh my. There are variations, but all versions of blood libel include Jewish people being accused of consuming the blood of Christian children. And like, in like the Middle Ages and probably much more recently than that, like Jewish communities were actually like destroyed by this. Like, oh, um, it was yeah. Um, so blood libel as an idea kind of emerged in the 12th century, and it's been used against Jews in different ways ever since. Who comes up with these? I things? don't know. I think. Where do they get these from? The, I don't. I think. I think Christians have too much time on their hands. That is. Like, yeah. I feel like. I don't understand. It was basically, I think there's a case that can be traced back to. I didn't find it in my research, but I feel like I've heard it talked about where it was like a kid went missing and a Jewish community oh. was like um, accused. So they basically just... Yeah, they were just... Right, because anytime something bad happens, it's really easy to scapegoat. A group. Like, right, if we look at the Salem Witch Trials, I'm all on the tangents today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, the Salem Witch Trials, right, the women who were accused of witchcraft in the Salem Witch Trials were marginalized women, right? They were outsiders. It was the first one was a slave who was probably the only person of color in that town, Tichuba. And then the two Sarahs, I can't remember her, their last names, but there were two Sarahs, and one of them was, yeah. like, a single mother, and one of them was, like, a beggar. Like, in Christian communities... Jewish people were marginalized. They were outsiders, so they were kind of like an easy target. And I'm guessing that that's kind of where... Honestly, probably what happened is that some non-Jewish person kidnapped a child, and they were like, oh, shit, who should I blame? Yeah. Like, I can't tell you that for sure. They're an easy target. But it's probably what happened. Um, Just like I said, like like any witch trials, it's always... Except for like one time, the mother of the queen in England got accused of witchcraft. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, Jaquetta of Luxembourg. I okay here I listen to a lot of history podcasts I watch a lot of history documentaries I like history I read books about history and there are three things three things that you can count on in history (laughs) there is anti-semitism there is age-inappropriate marriages for rich people not as much for poor people but pedophilic marriages um and then there's people being accused of witchcraft mostly like just women who are like not quiet <laughs> or like yeah. have a little bit of power like Amblin was accused of witchcraft um that wasn't much like that wasn't part of her trial at all but like they made up the craziest shit they're like she had a sixth finger if she had a sixth finger she would not have been allowed to be the queen's the king's no. mistress let alone his wife um yeah those are the three most consistent things and like a lot of like i listen to queen's podcasts and that one's like specifically the history of like royalty so i mean that's you know very consistent in that show but yes it is those are the three most consistent things and it's very not good um wow but i also think that rich witch trials and like anti-semitism are like pretty tied because like i said like witches and media are very often like jew coded and i think that that comes from real life probably is like the way that we conceptualize witches is it just me or does mother gothel kind of look like a witch too yeah yeah i think she is kind of i think she's kind of a witch yeah. Uh, well, I think in the in the fairy tale, she's definitely yeah. a witch. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. And that is because that's how a lot of witches are um, 
designed. Oh boy. Yeah. But basically, anytime a genteel, which is a way of saying non-Jewish, uh, child went missing in the Middle Ages, people believed that a, Jew a nearby Jewish community or Jewish people had taken the child. Um, this is also reflected in Hansel and Gretel. Oh, um, yeah. I had not, that had not occurred to me until I was doing the research for this episode. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot about Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, to a lot of people, this seems like a weird superstition from the past. But I, like I said, I semi-regularly semi see Jewish creators on TikTok get accused of blood libel. Um, and it's definitely reflected in Gothel stealing, like, a blonde-haired white child and using her magic hair to stay young. It's, like, kind of a watered-down version of blood libel because, like, actual blood libel is, you know too graphic for a children's movie um and mother gothel also leans into the stereotype of overbearing and controlling jewish mothers yes she does yes she does um and it is yeah um what are your thoughts on gothel i have the exact same thoughts as you <laughs> i she is definitely portrayed as a stereotypical jewish mm -hmm. mom yeah she has the features. I just can't believe this all. made it through production. Yeah, like, actually, nobody why went, did they catch that? And nobody went, hmm, 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 this seems but a little again, sus. But then again, that takes us back to the coding. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, companies have plausible deniability. Like, they don't have to um, think about this. They can just do whatever they want. Especially when you're Disney and you own everything. Yeah. Like, there are never going to be any repercussions for Disney ever. No, definitely throughout the movie, we see Mother Gothel overbearing and controlling, and she doesn't want... Oh, man, I forget her name. Rapunzel? Rapunzel! <laughs> oh, my God! It's the mom brain. That's funny, because I keep calling Tangled Rapunzel. I just cannot remember <laughs> what that movie is called. Because I remember a time before Tangled, like kids, there are kids that only know ta Rapun the story of Rapunzel through Tangled. Yeah. But I read Rapunzel as a child. Yeah. No, oh my goodness. I so I like don't, I cannot remember that movie's name to save my life. <laughs> Anyways, Mother Gothel is definitely overbearing and mm -hmm. controlling over Rapunzel. Yeah, and I think it's, oh sorry, that's okay. <laughs> I think it's also like not great that that stereotype is kind of put into this narrative where she's literally she's literally she's not her mother she kidnapped her yeah she is a felon about <laughs> that. like she's not actually her mother and that's like yeah i don't know like people how say, did this go through production i without don't raising know questions? like i don't think that we should be equating being an overbearing mother to like being an actual kidnapper um, because my mother's actually not that overbearing. I don't know what I was going to say about my mom, but she's actually not that overbearing. But, like, yeah, it's not ideal. Having an overbearing mom isn't, like, ideal, and it'll just make you sneaky and a better liar. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same as being literally kidnapped and, like, isolated and locked in a tower for 18 years. They're very different experiences. Do, I did notice actually when I was doing research was that a lot of like Christian moms, for example, are overbearing. So yeah, Christian moms are wacky. It, oh. <laughs> That's my next episode is about Adam and Eve, and I was like, oh, so I got to dive back into a paper I wrote. Um, wrote a paper last year, like not this past school year, but my third year for my uh, class about oh my neck cracked medieval saints about like the holy harlot archetype um and how that like informs like sex shaming in christian churches 
Um, and it is like the, this, there is this kind of overbearing like purity culture. And so maybe this is projection. I think maybe the stereotype is kind of projection. Um, it must be because yeah, like the idea, the way, the way that Christians families like police, especially their daughters bodies is it's not humane yeah it's not healthy it has like when i was when i was researching that paper um one of the only books i could i could get about um like sex shaming in christian churches was from like a sex psychologist like she's a sex therapist Mm -hmm. um and like it has like actual impacts on not only like christian women's self-esteem but on their sex lives when they're adults like it's when you're policed in that way and um and shamed it is it's really hard to have like a healthy sex life after that and have like a healthy relationship with that Um, and I feel like that's a very specifically like it might not be but like I mean it might just be because I have so much more interaction with Christianity than other religions given where I live yeah and where I grew up and the fact that I did grow up Christian and that I am like culturally Christian even if I'm not practicing yeah me too um yeah, because, like, North America is just culturally Christian. Like, yeah, that's... everyone. It's There's a reason Christian like Christian holidays are so commodified, and it's yeah. because they forced it on everyone else. So now we all, we that. so many of us cel- celebrate Christianity, even if we're not, like, religiously Christian. Um, and I actually, like, feel like a much deeper connection to, like, Jewish theology than I do Christian theology. Um if I were to ever convert to a religion, it would probably be Judaism. Yeah. Um, not that, like, I don't know, I grew up... What did I <laughs> Protestant. But that's, like, very vague. That just means not Catholic. Yeah. I don't know. I grew up in, like, the United Church. Yeah. Which is, like, a chill one. It's, like, not... It's not, like, fundamentalist or evangelical. So it's, like, pretty chill. Um, <laughs> and also, we were never, like, super strict about going. I was, like, when I was a kid, I was, like, we gotta go to church. I was, like, me. <laughs> It was me making everyone go. We gotta go, we gotta go. Which is really weird now, like, knowing who yeah. I am as an adult. It's so strange. Um, but, yeah, like, it is, um, yeah, a lot of just, like, the, the relationship that we have to the world around us is just kind of filtered through a Christian lens because Canada is culturally Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's weird that, like, the way that Christianity, like, polices children. Um, yeah, it's not not good it's weird that that's like projected onto jewish mothers and i also think that that's like right you hear that about like different ethnicities and i'm like maybe moms are just like that right because you'll hear people talk about like asian moms or like greek moms or i'm like maybe that's how moms are (laughs) maybe moms are just like that like i don't (laughs) think that this is a thing that is specific to any one culture i just think that moms birthed you i mean not necessarily because it often exists but like if you are the sole carer, and, like, most mothers are, like, dads are around and they help, but usually mothers do most of it, then, yeah, you might be a little overbearing, because you have to make sure this tiny human exists, and I don't think yeah. that's a habit that you can just break once they're old enough to survive the, by themselves. Did I say yeah. to make sure this little human exists? I meant to make sure this little <laughs> human survives. Um, and you, I don't think that you could just stop doing that. No. Once um, you get into that habit, it's yeah. just... It's- like, I think I would be such a helicopter mom. Like, I'm not planning on being a mom, but if I were, I think I'd be such a helicopter mom because, like, I, when I babysit, like, I'm always in the same room as Carter. Mm-hmm. I never, I mean, once in a while, I'm getting better now that I have him every week. I'm just like... No, it's definitely, it's like, hard. Like, I need a break. <laughs> 
It is hard to break. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I just, even with the other kids, like, I don't really let, like, letting the older kids, mm-hmm. like, run around and not know where they are either, and that might just be more because they can get into stuff. But yeah. I'm also, like, so worried about them getting hurt. I think that I would absolutely be a helicopter parent. <laughs> and I, like, make fun of helicopter parents. I'm like, no, kids are tough. Like, it's <laughs> fine. You don't need to be with them all the time. But then as soon as I'm babysitting, I'm like, I have to be with you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure nothing happens to you. Exactly. And, like, your son is... <laughs> He is a handful. A very big handful. And he's a busy baby. So, I have a list of just like a list of Disney villains with exaggerated hook noses. This is also probably not a complete list. Um, Clayton from Tarzan, Captain Hook from Peter Pan, Maleficent. It's not as exaggerated or as large, but it's still like the stereotypically quote Jewish yeah. hook nose. Hades. Hades popped into my head as soon as I was doing this episode. I was like, also, I feel like Hades is a little queer coded. A little bit. I love Hades. He's like my favorite yeah. Disney villain. Yeah, actually. Um, Claude Frodo from the Frollo. Claude Frodo. This isn't Lord of the Rings. Uh, Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is weird because I'm pretty sure he's Catholic. I think so. Like he's a priest. He, yeah. Um, Jafar from Aladdin, which is also odd because he's Arabic, which I mean, not that there can't be Arabic mm. Jews, but. Um, it's usually not likely. I feel like they're just mixing yeah. their stereotypes. Because that movie already, like, they had to, like, change the song in the opening because it was, like, super racist. Ooh. So, like, that movie is already kind of on thin ice. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Ooh. Oh, it was pretty bad. Well, same with Peter Pan, actually. That's it. Yeah, Peter Pan is pretty racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, not good. There's lots of, yeah. Uh, and then the evil, evil queen from Snow White. <laughs> also, I miss Lady Tremaine. On this no, on this list because I was that's the oh, stepmother yeah. from Cinderella because I wasn't sure but then I found out that the Nazis really liked Cinderella so um yeah when you told me that I was like oh my <laughs> so I think Lady Tremaine should be on this list um but yes the evil queen from Snow White which is an example of the Jewish witch archetype and also Jew coding in her in her appearance in her witch form so like not her normal form but like her witch form which is I think extra fucked up because not just like this bad guy it's this bad guy who's the most beautiful yeah. except for one person until she's bad and then yeah i yeah, think that's what was disney on what were they thinking well we'll get into this in a second, <laughs> a second. So i'll tell you the last name on my list and we'll get into it uh ratcliffe from pocahontas oh. um so when i was doing my research for this if you like search disney and anti-semitism it's like is walt disney actually was walt disney actually anti-semitic <laughs> because he like so the Nazis had like a filmmaker, mm-hmm. like a, who made. We actually in one of my history classes we watched a Nazi propaganda film, and I gotta tell you, it was an hour and a half. It was like a half hour of marching. Like really? yeah, I know movies were different back then, but good god, um, you're actually not allowed. Like you actually can't just watch. I can't remember what it's called, but you can actually just watch it. You have to have like a academic reason for doing it. They don't just you can't just like really? watch it on the internet. I can't remember what it's called. But we watched it for one of my history classes, and it was long, and like I said, a lot of marching. Anyway, so that lady, she was a lady, which I'm sure some people would be like, ooh, girl boss, but no, because she worked for the Nazis. Um, so not a girl boss. <laughs> um, not even a little. Not a girl boss, still just a Nazi. Um, but like Walt Disney was the only um, studio owner who like showed her around the studio. Oh, really? Yeah, when she came to Los Angeles. So... So yeah. he was maybe actually quite that answers her question. Yeah, and like so, some of them, like some of the articles, I didn't actually read them because that wasn't the research I was doing. I should have read them. Um, 
but some of them were like Um, we're like Walt it's a dark secret that isn't true and then some of them were like Meryl Streep called Walt Disney anti-semitic was she right Mm. I'm like probably most likely I mean yeah if you're meeting up with Nazi filmmakers you're probably not great you're probably not a great dude no and that that actually like I don't know yeah didn't it it put a damper on my my way of looking at Walt Disney. I know. And I just... And right, you'll hear lots of times, like, they were a product of their time, which is, like, maybe true to a certain extent, but I don't think hanging out with Nazis is actually... Like, Coco Chanel was a dirty Nazi. Mm-hmm. And, like, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Whenever we talk about, like, people from history, I'm like, Coco Chanel was a dirty Nazi. Yeah. Don't listen to her. Put on more accessories before you leave your house. There's, like, a famous quote from Coco Chanel. It was, like, take off one thing before you leave the house. Really? But she was a Nazi bitch, so we're putting on more. (laughs) Also, because I don't believe in minimalism. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I look like a fucking millennial today. (laughs) I really like that shirt. Thank you. I just, like, I put it on, and I was like, this is, like, peak 2016 millennial fashion. Yeah. Like, pineapple shirt, messy bun. (laughs) but it is cute and it's very, very comfortable. summer. Very summer. It's very comfortable. It's white, which is risky. But I like yeah. put it on and I was like, "Is this?" And I told mom that I'm going rocking it. She goes, "You are a millennial." And I was like, "No, I'm not." Millennials like the youngest are like 25. Thank you. I'm not 25. I am a Gen Z. I'm just an old one. <laughs> We're not millennials, Madison. No. Thank God, because actually, like, I don't want to people. I don't want to fight with teenagers on the internet about side parts. Yeah. That was my, that was the funniest fucking thing. They're like, we're going to keep our side parts at skinny jeans. And I'm like, you're already losing because you're fighting with teenagers on the internet. Yeah. If you're 25 years old and you're fighting with teenagers on the internet, you already lost. Like. You need a life. (laughs) Um, Especially over, like, you can wear a side part in skinny jeans. No one's telling you not to. I own skinny jeans. Yeah, I do too. Like, I prefer my mom jeans, but that's just because I feel less, like, I feel very exposed in skinny jeans. This is going to be my shortest episode, because this one was very hard to research. It was, actually. I thought it was going to be so much easier, but people are just really, like, unwilling to criticize Disney, and I don't know why. You know, I think it's because they look at Disney like, oh, it's such a magical place, mm -hmm. right? And it's like our childhood. It's our childhood. It's our childhood. But when you look into it, yeah. Is it really? Like, Shit's is fucked. It really wonderful. Shit's fucked. Also, monopolies are bad. Yeah. <laughs> like they own everything, and that's not good. No. Um, so there are lots of reasons, and it's very specifically like animated Disney. Like I feel like you can critique Marvel, you can critique Star Wars. Star Wars is yeah. Star Wars is owned by Disney. Yes. And like Fox, I think Fox is owned by Disney as well. Yeah, because yes. because Simpsons is on Disney Plus. Uh, but like as soon as it's like animated Disney movies, people get really defensive. Um, Especially the older movies, right? They had and to, the older ones are the most racist ones! Disney actually had to start putting disclaimers on their on their older movies because yeah, of how racist they were. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like we have to be able to critique Dumbo. Dumbo's racist. That shit's yeah. racist. Um, and like, if we can't, then we're actually, like, I think it's fine to like this stuff and consume this stuff. Just do it critically and, like, make sure you're... Don't hide it. Yeah, make sure your children are doing it critically. Yeah. Like, 
teach them the real shit that's hidden behind it. Not, yeah. Not like, covering it up because it's actually not wonderful. Because we're actually just perpetuating it. Yeah. If we're not, if we're just watching it quietly and like not teaching our kids to be critical about it, we're just perpetuating it. Yeah. And then we'll have little assholes and we don't need any more little assholes. There's enough of them in the world. Exactly. Not children. I mean, I mean children who don't think critically about media. So that's <laughs> like the thing, right? Because media and the internet is becoming so much, like it's grown so much so quickly. Lots of people don't have media literacy skills. Like, they can't look at something and go, mm, mm. Yeah. They just look at it and go, oh, okay, okay. it is what it is. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And yeah. it's very important to be able to, like, um, right, like, older people will just believe anything Fox News tells them. When Fox News won a court case against Tucker, Car- Tucker Carlson by arguing that no reasonable person would deem him, like, a reliable news source. Oh. Which, <laughs> why is he allowed to be called yeah. a news source? Like, why is his show allowed to be called new? I don't know what Tucker Carlson's show is called, but it's, pre- it's presented as news, even though a court agreed that no reasonable person. <laughs> no. Media literacy is important, and you gotta teach it to your kids young. Because also, media literacy isn't just, is this piece of media racist? Is this homophobic? Why is this presented this way? But it's also, like, I feel like internet literacy and, like, media literacy is also, like, hey, is this person I'm talking to actually a genuine person or are they, like, an internet predator? Yeah. Like, like, I feel like that's also part of media literacy. No, I'm actually, I'm quite glad that they're starting to teach that in school. Like, they're, Mm -hmm. right, when I, when we were in high school, it just... Yeah, and there's so much, like, there's no fact-checking on the internet. And there's this really weird, like, alt-right pipeline... Or, like, teenagers who just can't tell if what they're reading is real or not. They just, like, go to the most extreme. Um, and it's scary. I don't want any more alt-right people. I sound so whiny, but, like, it's scary. <laughs> I go to school. I'm a political studies major. Do you know how many fucking, like, ridiculously far-right people I've been in classes with? It's scary. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, it doesn't feel safe. Uh, and I just... Media literacy is important, so we don't have more of that. Finally, we got one <laughs> last little, um, so we're going to talk about Cinderella. I don't have a lot about it, but apparently Cinderella was very, very popular in Nazi Germany because in this context, it was interpreted as like a young, quote, Aryan girl, Aryan girl being mistreated and abused by her, quote, racially other stepmothers and stepsister, stepmother and stepsisters, which I don't know how you can call three white people racially other from, <laughs> I mean, right, whiteness is a construct. Like Irish people weren't always considered white. Italians weren't always considered white. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Which, I mean, Italian, sure. They're Mediterranean. They're a little, but, like, Irish people. If Irish people aren't white, who is? Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm saying this as being, like, the whitest you can be. <laughs> I'm basically translucent. I am actually a little bit tan right now. But I'm basically translucent. And, like... I also... Thank you for listening to me ramble. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. It was so fun having an in-person one. This was so fun. Um, Even though this was um, not a very happy topic. (laughs) None of them ever are. None of them ever are. (laughs) Disney is... I love Disney movies, and Mm -hmm. they just... And we should love Disney. Like, not should, but, like, it's okay to love Disney movies. It's okay. They're part of our childhood. We just have to be... You just um, gotta be critical about it. Critical. You gotta gotta think. Think, Put on your critical thinking cap. I have never taken mine off in my life, apparently. (laughs) That's not true. I did not have a critical thinking cap until, like, six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) My defense, I was, like, 16 six years ago. Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming to the Cringe Fest.